Dunbar Road was a horse I almost picked here, but it's like, you stupid idiot. If Dunbar Road could not <laughs> beat this horse last time out with that setup and the way she turned for home and it looked like the Dunbar Road was going to go right by her, how in the holy ass hell is she going to beat her here? This <laughs> I said, that would be a, that's a, that's a play that the, that people on Twitter would do that think they're real smart, you know, and they'll, and they bet Dunbar Road for three years now and that got no win. There were these two racing dudes named Aaron and Jared who had to buy some racing and they wanted to share it. Started a website where players go to see all their picks. The goal was make the fans some money and to cut down the risk. They put the plan into motion and at first it seemed silly. Make a website where the expert picks are freer than Willie. From a racetrack veteran to just a beginner. There's one place that you want to go to find you a winner. As a matter of fact, I want to hit the exacta. There's only one site that you'll keep coming back to. So next time that the horses all line up at the post, make sure you use the website that'll win you the most. Whether Churchill, Oakland, Gulfstream Parks, and Matoga, and all tracks in between, there's only one side to go to. When it comes to your racing needs and all of your bets, plus it's got a catchy name that no one ever forgets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads, racingdudes.com for all of your bets, racingdudes.com as good as it gets. What is up, I'm Jared Welch? What was that? Hello, how is everybody? Did you just break something? No. Oh man, it sounds like there was a crash on your end. I'm Jared Welch. He's Aaron no. Halterman. Yeah, Halterman is uh, he's in the attic. He's struggling. What's up, man? That's odd. No, nothing. There was no sound coming from over here. I don't know what that would have been. There's gremlins in our, our feed, I guess. I swear I didn't do anything. No, literally. I mean, like, it cut me off from <laughs> from my intro. I was like, oh, shit. Halter just dropped something off the side. No. no. Uh, what's up? <laughs> well, here we go. This could be an interesting night. <laughs> I guess Halloween me. come early. There's there's ghosts or something. Yeah. Uh, now everything's good. Yeah, got another show from Vito's here. Uh, boy, I think the last time I was here for a blinkers off may have been, gosh, like last Christmas, maybe. So kind of cool to be back here and, uh, yeah, excited, uh, for the last week of uh, Breeders' Cup preps, uh, to, to go off here. Yeah, really. I mean, judging by, I know Vito's, it looks, it looks like there, there could be gremlins hiding behind you. No doubt. I got like a green sign over there. I mean, that's <laughs> maybe it's attracting them. I'm not sure. Not, not quite sure. I'll get the waitress over here and see what she says about what's going on in this place. <laughs> Well, uh, what's uh, what's going on? You're in New York uh, for a little uh, impromptu trip to uh, New York to see Heather's family, but uh, so no, you know, not Saratoga, obviously, not Belmont, but uh, kind of a what's you know how how's it? This is the final weekend prior. Well, this is the final weekend of Breeders' Cup prep. We have one on Wednesday, so regardless of where you're at, it kind of feel like we are we're finally is it. Zit and the the like the preparations. I mean, they have started, but the preparations officially start after their last race. Really, I guess Wednesday. Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy that we're at this point and we're here. Uh, and you know, the races this weekend, they're kind of ones where it's kind of iffy who you want to pick, right? Like the the Breeders' Cup, but like the Turf Mile. Uh, I, I, you know, the mile is going to be ran at Keeneland uh for the prep for the the breeders cup turf mile well that's a race where the winner could come out of here or or we don't really know it's kind of up in the air a lot of the juvenile races are still kind of up in the air and, and we got races for them as well uh the turf sprint there's a nice one that it's not a breeder's cup winning you're in but there's a nice one at keeneland that might give us some answers in that race so 
I, I think this week is more of a race uh, by race kind of situation to study, uh, even more than last week. I, I really think we might get some answers or at least a little bit clearer picture of what's going to happen in some of these kind of races that are up in the air. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we, we've, we've, we'll talk about the classic division here in just a sec. Uh, so we pretty much have that. I do. There is a gremlin running around. I hear it. I keep hearing it. There is seriously something happening on your end. I just want you to be aware. Like when, when shit, go, now you're frozen. I mean, it's scary. I may, I may just get <laughs> off and come back in. No, I like it. It's fun. Because I think I do think we might see someone attack you at some point during the show. Um, so <laughs> stay tuned. But no, the classic division, obviously, we, we kind of have that thing under wraps right now. But we do have a ton. Um, you know, we did see some massive juvenile performances last weekend. You know, we do have one more to talk about this week, uh, this week with the uh, the charity. And you look at who's won that race, Central Quality. Uh, you know, you look at Nick's Go. You look at uh, Maxfield. These are horses. Like, so this is a race that certainly uh produces horses but like you said there's divisions like the juvenile turf the turf sprint the 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 distaff even if you're looking for that you know that horse these are going to help kind of finalize some opinions i feel like so but let's talk let's talk <laughs> uh yeah keep keep looking seriously i i, I hopefully two people like i hopefully we just get people tuning in this whole show just waiting to see what happens to halterman um it it's 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 not it's a minor distraction. It's fine. Um, all right. So the classic division. We we don't have any classic races, Breeders' Cup prep races to talk about. Huge show. We have 11, 11 uh, winning your end. One final one will be left. Like I said on Wednesday at Keeneland. The classic division, though, it's under wraps. We've got it covered. We saw it last weekend. Nick's go prep. You know, prep for that. We saw Maxfield falter. Art collector shot up. <laughs> Medina Spirit. No shocker, wins, dominates, frankly. And then, of course, we, we know about Hot Rod. So all of a sudden, you've got four horses that have legit shots, not only to win the Classic, but to, I mean, if Medina Spirit wins, that would be the biggest fucked up thing ever. But it, at this point, you could, like I said last week, it's like he's going to win. He's going to win this race, and he's going to go into the Classic with the big-time shot because that's so typical. All those horses have shots of horse of the year. Well, I think essential quality as well, you know, that not, not last week, but he's right up there as well. Um, well, yeah, of course. Yes. I, I think the biggest winner from last weekend, unfortunately, was Medina Spirit because we kind of knew what Nixco was going to do. We kind of knew that Nixco would just kind of show up and win and, and look impressive and was against kind of a weak field. Medina Spirit, I mean, we both picked that horse, but it wasn't like a slam dunk at all that that horse would win. He just blew the doors off of them. So unfortunately, last weekend in the classic division, Medina Spirit is the one that gained the most traction, and that's that's kind of sickening. Yeah, there you go. You can kind of see a a little shot that I put together last week after the races, and I mean here, of course, you got this is kind of the the four horses that you assume will be. Uh, here, I don't like that. Let's go back to this. The four horses that will be uh, on. The lead, or on uh, with horse of the year on the line. Of course, Nick's go seemingly was going to be the horse to beat on the front end. You got Hot Rod, you've got Medina, and you've got Essential Quality. You know, it's hard hard to say. You know, four horses that are either on the lead or like to be very forwardly pre uh, uh, positioned in races. So it's going to be very interesting when we hit the top of the stretch. Even after I what I saw last weekend, I still have a hard time believing Nick's go isn't the horse on the lead and. Frankly, I think it begins and ends with him. I think he's the one to beat. He'll be the favorite. He kind of showed that. He almost 
beat the track record. It's a stakes record. Of course, the Lucas Classic isn't a, a long-lasting stakes race, but broke the stakes record, nearly broke the track record, and never even left first gear. Oh, he was awesome. I mean, he, he's been awesome since uh, that Prairie Meadows uh, Cornhusker race. Uh, he's, he's just looked at like a beast. And I, he's fun to watch, for sure. I like a horse that will get out in front and just and just runs them into the ground. I think for, for, for essential quality fans, everybody's got to be a little bit happy that Medina Spirit actually won and looked good because I think that's the horse, right? That's the horse that might be able to go out early with Nick's go. And he's kind of the one that doesn't quit usually. And I think, you know, you could you, you could say whatever you want about him, but if he can get out there and harass him, all of a sudden uh, a horse like a Hot Rod Charlie and Essential Quality have a shot. I think we've seen it. Hot Rod Charlie's not going to go to the front when there's a burner out there. He's going to sit behind. And then if there isn't anybody going real fast, then he will fall on the front and he would definitely take him gate to wire. Shouldn't be the case here. He should have a little bit of a target with those two horses going out to the front. So I think Medina Spirit's role is twofold. One, maybe he can compete after what we saw last weekend. And two, even if he can't compete, maybe he can wear down a horse like Nick's go. I, I think he's your best hope uh, at it because I just don't think Hot Rod Charlie is going to be ridden for a lot of speed if Nick goes, Nick's goes out there uh, blazing. I just don't see him going head to head with him. But Medina Spirit, I think it's possible. The race is somewhat top heavy in a sense um it's gonna be it's great field but the, like, the top side of it is much much better obviously anytime you're going to a race that so you can make a case for four different horses to be horse of the year and that's the worst part about medina spirit it's like this case with 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 the you know by the time the classic is ran even frankly by the time they vote um he'll probably still be the kentucky derby winner right so you're going to sit there and have to vote on him being the Kentucky Derby winner and the classic winner. And, you know, it gets dicey. Um, you know, I want to bring up the, the odds real quick that, uh, John sent out one of his articles from express bet. And of course, John white being, you know, if the, if the, if the breeders cups at Santa, he's doing the morning line. So it's not like he doesn't, I mean, he knows a thing or two. Um, about making the morning line for a breeders cup right now, the way he sees it. And again, we're in a month, like a month out. So, it's still time to for things to change. Obviously, horses you know get injured. Hopefully, they don't. But that's the case. Uh, five to two on Nick's go. Essential quality uh, three to one. Hot rod would be five to one, and uh, six to one on Medina Spirit. So, you know, more than fair on on Medina and Hot Rod. Nick's go. I mean, all those horses are playable. That's the great thing about the the classic or about the Breeders' Cup. So five to two Nick's go. Three to one essential quality. Five to one hot rod. Six to one a Medina art collector if he goes that route. Uh, ten to one max player. Ten to one max field. Twelve to one Tripoli. Fifteen to one Doctor Post. Twenty to one Happy Saver. Twenty to one Idol. Thirty to one and Stiletto Bo- Boy. Thirty to one. Those are the horses he has. But anything that shoot like kind of jumps out to you when you look at when you kind of listen to those odds and you know ideas that you might that come up you know as far as how you might play it. Well, number one, John White makes the morning line for Del Mar now, so he will actually be making the morning line for the Breeders' Cup, as far as I know. I mean, he makes it for Del Mar day yeah, in, day out now. Yeah, I wasn't sure. I didn't want to say that he did, did the Breeders' Cup there because I didn't know, but I imagine he will, right? I mean... I, I, if it works like it does at Santa Anita, he absolutely will make the morning line. So we'll, I, I would just assume that he's going to make it. You know, as far as what jumps out there... I don't think Nick's go essential quality. I don't think you're going to get those prices on them. I just don't. I think they're going to be bet down harder than that. Um, but I do think they will be the one, two choices. And I do think it'll be like that. I think Nick's go will be the mm-hmm. favorite 
and essential quality be a second choice. I'm thinking it's probably going to be more like an eight to five, two to one type situation, uh, which is being nitpicky, obviously five to two, three to one, you know, it's, it's not that far off. Um, the horses that are going to have to float up are a hot rod, Charlie and a Medina, right? Not everybody can be two, three to one. Right. So I think those are the two that you're going to get your price on. And if with Nick's go and essential quality, you have two ways to look at it. They're too short to play in a race of this magnitude, or I've had to choke down two to five, three to five on these horses all year. Now I at least get it to where, where, where I'm going to get a little bit of return on my money if I bet them. So I think that's the way I look at it right now. I don't think anybody in this field is going to be like even money or less uh, for sure. Uh, but I do think five to two, three to one might be a little bit of a dream uh, as we sit here right now. I mean, frankly, and, and I'll send it with this because we have a ton of races to talk about today. Um, and we're going to rapid fire this like we did last week. No matter what, it, as good as our collector looked, I, I just I see four horses that can win this race, and that's it. Like, I, I don't know that you, if, if someone other than Nick's go, Central Quality Hot Rod, or Medina win this race, it's rather shocking. It just is. I guess Maxfield is the only one I would throw in there, and you're going to be like, yeah, I mean, because I'm a homer. I don't think he's good enough, frankly, to be a little bit surprising, but if he did, it's like, well, I mean, he never runs poor, like so poorly, where if he jumped up and won the kind of, this kind of race, like it would be talking maybe not but he'd be the one max player i guess you could make a case for max player um i wouldn't be as supposed yeah okay so there you go so maybe there you know maybe there's six horses uh so maybe it gets a little more interesting especially from pace standpoint for max player uh you know what i mean like say nick's go goes flying hot right you know he goes flying essential quality's right there medina you know what i mean like you you create this massively mm-hmm. fast race and all of a sudden uh-oh here comes max player on the outside so there is a case to be made. I don't think Max was fast enough to close down on all four of those horses. Max Player, I guess, could be if it really folded. I think Maxfield would be a a fall over backwards shock at this point. And that's not really, I mean, I guess you could take that as hate for the horse. But it's just like he, he finished second again uh, last Saturday. A lot of people are like, oh, he was stuck inside. And I don't want to hear that. He got loose at the straight. He had the whole stretch. He had no excuse. Yeah, you know, he had no excuse. And I, I, even his trainer after the race was like, listen, we didn't have any, I mean, they didn't have an excuse. I don't hate Maxfield. I, I think he's still solid, but I don't think he's Breeders' Cup Classic material. And really, I don't think Max Player is either. But if you're going to make me take a horse at double digit odds, that's the one I want. And mm-hmm. do I think the horse can kind of split some of these big, the big top four, I should say, and maybe finish second or third? Yes, I do think that's possible. I don't think Max Player can win, but I do think he will be around with the chance to hit the board at a big price all right tons to talk about for this race as we move forward yep. i mean this is the weekend the final we can we can kind of shut off the, the preps and then we really dive into the analytics the details everything we want to look at how we're going to play these races how we're going to play the sequences everything they want to, obviously we're working on the guide already uh the keeneland guide is out right now so i mean obviously tons of work coming into this breeders cup so stay tuned for that bill let's yep. get to today's show we're going to preview and give picks I think last week we did uh, 14 maybe total, maybe like 12 total. I don't remember what it was. It was double digits. Uh, today we're going to do 11. So we're going to do 11 different <laughs> Breeders' Cup Challenge Series races for the weekend, including races from Belmont Park and, of course, Keeneland. Of course, the $750,000 Keeneland Turf Mile, that race is involved in uh, the Keeneland Day, the highlight of the day at Keeneland on Saturday. Of course, you can get our wagering guide at RacingNews.com for that as well. This is the final weekend for Breeders' Cup action, prep action. So you want to stay tuned for this. Let's go! 
On this team, we fight for that itch. On this team, we tear ourselves and everyone else around us to pieces for that itch. We claw with our fingernails for that itch. Because we know when we add up all those inches, that's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing. They're off in the Breeders' Cup Classic. They're off in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. Off in the Longines Breeders' Cup Curve. They're off in the Breeders' Cup Sprint. They're off in the Longines Breeders' Cup Distaff. All right, that's it. The final weekend of Breeders' Cup preps are here. Keeneland, Belmont Park, of course, Keeneland kicks things off uh, Friday. If you're listening to this on Friday today, it kicks things off with stakes action. Of course, we got some Breeders' Cup winner ends for that. Last week, we did this as well. Halterman, we did 12 total races. I did. I went through and, and looked at our stats. Uh, 12 starts for you, six wins, three seconds, and a third. Um, so... I had 11 starts because Anne Hall scratched from uh, from yeah, the race. Yeah. So I had 11 starts. We both had six winners. So I went 11, 6, 2, 1. Um, we were both off on uh, Grace Adler. was a total disaster. And uh, gosh, I can't remember. There was only two horses that you and I had off the board completely. Um, <laughs> oh, well, mine was uh, Adar or whatever for in, the, in the arc. I mean, that, that, that yeah. was, and of course, you had Tornado who finished second there. Um, and your set and your off the board was uh, the Pletcher, um, jokester, prankster, my prankster, whatever the hell that was that, my prankster, that Jack, yeah. Jack Christopher beat the shit out of. So. And that's that's completely my fault for listening to magic. Hey, well, that's what you get for listening to magic. I mean, plain and simple. Yep. So, uh, but no, yep. we have uh, 11 more to go. So we, we, we had six winners last weekend. Let's see if we can keep things going here. Race eight on Friday at Keeneland, the stall Keeneland Ogden Phoenix Stakes Grade 2 with 250k for three olds and up going six furlongs. This is a Breeders' Cup winning rate event for the sprint field of seven lines up for this one. Nine to five on special reserve for Mike Maker, three to one on Aloha West. You got nine to two on Just Might. I mean, nine to two on Sir Alfred James, but special reserve endorsed in here at six to one, who I thought was a little interesting. Uh, but special reserve six, the six horse that's nine to five. What'd you think? Well, first and foremost, I'll say the same thing that I said uh, before that Santa Anita race last week that was a Breeders' Cup win and you're in. And I'll say before the Vosberg as well that we might talk about a little bit later. I can't remember. Is it is the Vosberg a win and you're in? It is, right? On the, yes. So, okay, anyway. The Vosberg we'll, is a weird for the sprint as well. We'll, yeah. we'll talk about it a little later. And I'll say it again. This is why I think Jackie's Warrior is, is an absolute single because you just look at this field and it's like, this isn't anything. This isn't anything that he can't handle. I mean, uh, not a great group. Uh, I ended up going with Special Reserve here, the favorite. Uh, horse runs well at Keeneland. The horse has been having a, a fantastic year. Uh, I feel like he had the Vanderbilt in the bag and got re-rallied on by Lexingtonian somehow. Um, but I, I like they kind of gave him a little bit of freshening because he had ran a lot of races in a row there that were pretty tough. Uh, brings him back here to Keeneland. Really good spot for special reserve i think if he shows up with his race i just think he's simply a little bit better than the rest of these horses 
um, you know, I guess you could say, well, the gap in, in, in uh, races, maybe he had a little issue. Maybe he's not quite right. I, I think he'll be fine. So I, I went endorsed, or excuse me, special reserved uh, in this. I was Maker's got two. He's got endorsed the other one. But I went special reserved. Uh, I, I think he'll be pretty tough to beat here. You know, speaking of endorsed, I almost, I just don't think endorsed is quite good enough. But mm -hmm. he's interesting for me. And, and I would use him if, I, if you can. Because he, you know, now he's with Maker. You know, he's obviously with Mott, the horse almost won uh, of course it was a listed stakes but a stakes race nonetheless just might a horse is in here this horse came rallying i mean this horse has every right to continue to improve endorse that is so i think this horse you know if, if there is a pace meltdown this horse could could be coming uh late certainly in your exotics you know but to me i'm with you special reserve just kind of look even if like a horse like just might who has shown speed has been pretty good the numbers just really don't quite match up with what the six can has been doing this year special reserve been very good and like i said i mean it's still don't understand how lexington beat uh beat him that day it's just you know you're talking about a grade one you know vanderbilt at saratoga the horse ran a huge when it ran a winning race frankly um has just been good all year like you mm -hmm. said i mean it's just you know you look at you know he's hit one four times and two very close seconds um, well, and, yeah, and like they... the two the two seconds he he got beat to Flagstaff, who was obviously very consistent, very good, and then then the Lexingtonian. So even his loss that was back like when that. Flagstaff. That was like back in the spring when Flagstaff was running really well. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so and it was here at this track in Special Reserve, kind of turned for home, like he had a big shot and he ran really well, and he just he just got beat at the end, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I get why just might will be on some tickets. I, I don't I don't hate it. Finally get the source on the dirt consistently. And that makes a, a ton of sense. Uh, I just think special reserves a little better. I, I the thing about like special reserves so much is not that I think frankly, he is the fastest. I guess if the if the seven goes flying for some reason, just for cheap speed. I mean, the six is capable of just sitting off of it, you know, a little bit. You got Rosario to ride who's rode this horse. Uh, I rode this horse last time out. That's a great, great sign when the Rosario uh, stays put here. And then if the horse does need to go to the lead, that's fine. If the horse needs to sit off of it, the horse can a little bit there. Mm -hmm. uh, but frankly, the horse is just faster than the rest of them. So even if the horse is off of it very early on, I don't imagine that very, lasts very long. You know, ran at Keeneland uh, earlier this year. Like I said, like that's when Flagstaff just narrowly beat this horse. And then at this distance, uh, 12 starts, five wins, and four-thirds, really. Uh, as well so this horse is always running late in these races so i think special reserves ran too good this year not to win a race like this so i'm with you number six special reserve all right let's go to the next race here uh on the day this is race nine the darley al Spotty stakes grade one with 400k phillies two-year-old going one sixteenth miles this is a breeders cup winning your event for the juvenile phillies of course halterman filled of 10 11 i'm sorry filled of 12 the screen was slow to scroll down uh filled of 12 lines up for this one and really, to me, and, and, and it came down to which Brad Cox horse do you like most, right? Juju's map, the one horse, or Materia, the seven horse. Which one did you go with? You're right, number one. And number two, I went with Juju's map. I went back and watched a lot of these horses made in breaking wins. This was the one that I thought was the most impressive. And I know it was at Ellis, but you know what? Uh, Cox likes to keep a lot of, lot of two-year-olds there. In Kentucky and keep them close and get them ready for a race like this and a meet like Keeneland. Um, so I don't really, you know, hate that it was at Ellis. Once the horse got that two turn race, that was the second time out uh, for the horse, last time out, two turn race at Ellis and just looked great. 
uh, beautiful horse too, by the way, the way this horse looks, I, I love her look. But anyway, uh, just, just took it to him early and got after him, get, went gate to wire and was really impressive. Now we come here, the challenge is tougher, obviously. Um, and the post position has me worried. There's no question about that. But I think if she breaks out of there well, I think the idea will just be to send and I think that'll be the clear instruction. And I think when you give Florent Giroux the, 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 the instruction to send, as long as they break well, he'll be able to get her to the front. I think she takes him gate to wire again. I think Juju's map is a really, really up and coming uh, filly to take an eye or keep an eye on. Yeah, I mean, it is interesting. A lot of times when you see those Liam's maps, with all ball family stable, you're thinking Dale Romans, right? And now to have one like this with Brad Cox is certainly very interesting. Uh, I'm with you there. I, I really was between the two, and I just kind of nitpicking on which one I kind of wanted to go with here. And frankly, four to one seems more appealing than five to two. And I kind of liked the way Materia broke uh, her maiden on debut. Of course, there's another one that broke her maiden at Ellis Park. You know, Drew probably had his choice or however that worked out. But to me, Rosario's the winner here because, <laughs> and I'm the winner for getting picking the seven horse with Rosario <laughs> on board. So, Pioneer of Nile horse i mean frankly she should get better as she goes continues to stretch out she was geared down late in that race and you know it's not completely i mean it's a godolphin horse we saw what uh what, what brad did last year uh with, with essential quality coming into this this weekend basically with a horse named yeah. essential quality with uh with essential quality that was just a sprint winner a sprint you know maiden sprint winner and they came and you know ran huge here uh, Bridge Idiom did this a few years ago, I think, uh, in this race. So it's like, it's not completely out of the blue to just be like, well, all of a sudden the sprinter goes and wins a big time uh, a stakes race leading up to the Breeders' Cup. So I think Materia looked too good on debut to not show up here. And frankly, I think you have the two and you think the one is going to probably go. Well, you got to imagine the seven being a horse that I think maybe goes, is going to enjoy the longer distance gets to sit the trip off rosario sits the trip off been working out great so i like the seven i mean honestly i think either one of these in a division that okay so i and some of these i want to ask what's the what's the implications we talked about the sprint we're going to talk about the sprint here in a second again but it's like we the jackie's warrior is like i don't know how you match up with him at this point you know and he's mm -hmm. been, but in this race do you like what do you take out of this winning the winner of this race well, the problem's Echo, Echo Zulu, right? I mean, that horse looks like one of the better fillies we've had. Uh, but doesn't it kind of feel a little bit like a central quality versus Jackie's Warrior at the Breeders' Cup? Like if one of these Cox horses runs a monster here and looks and looks like a monster, maybe that's kind of round two between those two, you know? And it's kind of very similar where the Cox horse would be coming from Keeneland and the Asphuson horse has been in New York. Yeah. So... Uh, Running those mile races versus yeah. the mile 16th races. Absolutely. And that be, and that creates a little, like we, we got burned last year. Let's just play it simple by Jackie and we were, you know, you were wrong. And it's really incredible that we lost with a horse like Jackie's warrior, how good that horse <laughs> yeah. is. But then you go, oh right. wait, the horse that beat us, really fucking good too. Essential quality. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> As the year goes on, I feel less and less uh, guilt about, uh, cool. about losing with uh, Jackie's warrior. But no, it, it does feel exactly like that. It'll be it'll be Zoo, uh, uh, Echo Zulu's first race around two turns, and these Cox horses will have that you know uh, under their belt. We'll see if that makes a big difference. The also the other piece of this puzzle, these horses have to run really well. They're you know they're 
there's no guarantees anybody's going to run a, 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 a central quality type race here. Okay. So that's the big thing. Um, but yeah, I think, I think we can see something here. Uh, we just have to watch it and analyze it as it comes, but it's not impossible that we see a big performance here. It, it would have been amazing to think leaving that day after the juvenile and be like, yeah, well, we just saw uh, the classic winner, two horse of the year finalists and uh, one of the most dominant sprinters we've ever seen. And you're like, what? Yeah. What did you just watch? Because yeah. I thought Jackie's warrior ran at the track. Well, just to, to, to pile onto that, Ron Bauer was in that race. So we saw your, the Preakness winner. Pre winner. Essential Quality won the Belmont, the Jim Dandy, yeah, 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 uh, uh, the, the Travers, Travers. Uh, all that shit. I can't, the, the, uh, can't, the race is escaping me at Keeneland. The Bluegrass uh, in the Southwest. Uh, we saw Hot Rod Charlie. He won, basically, he did win the Haskell, sort of, and, and, and the Pennsylvania Derby. Jackie's Warrior picks up every sprint win imaginable. I mean, it's incredible what that race produced. Jackie's Warrior strikes the front. Hot Rod Charlie circles up on the outside. The two of them will turn for home together. And Essential Quality is trying to get them. Here's Hot Rod Charlie. A huge long shot at 94 to 1. Coming into the final 16th. But Essential Quality runs by. Jackie's Warrior is given way. Essential Quality is going to do it. Essential Quality has won the Breeders' Cup Juvenile over Longshot Hot Rod Charlie. Keeping in mind, came late for third. Jackie's Warrior ended up fourth. It goes to show what you, you don't shut off like, just because of a race. You know, frankly, that's a, a very uh, generous example, but just goes to show like you don't just shut off about a horse just because that they ran poorly at that, you know, in the yeah. Breeders' Cup or whatever. I, well, I think we. We walked into the parking lot that Friday saying Essential Quality is pretty nice. Like, that's going to be a really nice horse. But you're right. We didn't really ride off Jackie. But at the same time, it's like, well, that wasn't great. Hot Rod Charlie, I don't think either one of us, if you put truth serum <laughs> in us right now, thought that horse would even win again. Uh, and then Ron Bauer, hell, I, I forget sometimes that Ron Bauer was in that race. Well, so. shit. I mean, just to, just to further that, I remember for when I gave, because I couldn't, you know, attend the, this was hilarious. John still gives a shit, or gives me shit. It's like, just proof that you never need to attend an actual draft because I didn't attend the draft last year. Of course, win the league. I gave you my list, and Hot Rod was on my, high on my list. He's like, well, I mean, he ran well in the Breeders' Cup. He's going to run several times out, probably out in California. Probably pick up a few, you know, decent seconds and thirds. Like it's O'Neill. Like I'm sure he'll run well. Like you never think. Like you can't, I mean, to say that horse is gonna, even going to be a horse of the year finalist is just absurd it's insane like this makes no sense so but that's where we're at all right let's go to another sprint race here let's go to belmont park on saturday that's race five and i try to put these in in running order so uh, throughout the day so uh the vosberg will kick things mm -hmm. off on saturday as far as rears cup action goes race five the vosberg stakes grade two worth the uh, 250k for three-year-olds and up going six furlongs and again another breeders cup winner in for the uh sprint division and again, we talked about Jackie's Warrior being very dominant in that division. Hard to find a, a reason or a way that he, uh, he gets beat. Field of five winds up here, and you've got, I mean, it's a competitive race, right? Jalen Journey at seven to two. Baby Yoda. The, Baby Yoda has the, the hot, tied for the highest buyer of the year of all horses running seven to five. Uh, eight to five on Friends Fire, and nine to two on Following C. And now we're at the point where you're measuring, it's like, oh, okay, well, that should just go like okay if you like following c here 
your idea of handicapping this race is like, well, he only got beat by nine links last time to Jackie's Warrior. Isn't this a tricky little five-horse race? Um, Baby Yoda presents a problem because of what you said. But does one race really make a horse? Right. No. And the other speed figures haven't really been there. Uh, just look back at Rock Your World. If you base uh, you know, his talent level off his Santa Anita Derby win, you think he's a monster. All of his other races suggest he's not. And I... I don't know. I I'm gonna try to beat Baby Yoda on the top, on the front end. That may be dumb, but I I'm not totally convinced that horse can do it again. Following C's one, I really wanted to pick because I like the price. I think nine to two makes a lot of sense on that horse. But you're right. It's like that horse was just buried by those two last time out. Like even if he was three or four lengths behind, maybe you think a little bit better of him. So you know what? I'm going to go with the old Belmont hand. I'm going forensic fire, the old savager. Let's see if he'll try to bite somebody again <laughs> during the stretch here. Oh, yeah. Mark F says Belmont, uh, Belmont uh, is forensic fire's home That's cooking. Right. I think he gets the job done here. Seven star or seven wins and 11 starts at Belmont Park, seven wins and 14 starts yeah. at this distance. Yeah, I mean, frankly, forensic fire ran, ran too well to, you know, because it's always very typical. It's like, well, he doesn't like Saratoga, but he loves Belmont. Well, I mean, he ran two pretty good races, really, at, at Saratoga. Really a good one in, in the last one for Go, and really, frankly, would have won the race and blew up our tickets had he not savaged Yapon, who savaged him so hard, Yapon's not even running anymore. So that's how hard he said. Yapon said, piss on this <laughs> I'm not after that. Running He's anymore. Done. You guys trying to bite me? No one told me this. I was just running out there to run. The two of them are battling it out here through the stretch. On the outside, Forense Fire. On the inside, it is Yopon. Forense Fire seems to savage Yopon there in the stretch, and it's going to be Yopon who gets to the wire first. Yopon faked an injury after that, so. <laughs> <laughs> now, listen, to be completely on with you, here's how I looked at this race. I, I'll be, I'll be honest, I threw out the one and two, so it really came down to picking between, the, as far as the winners go, top three, or the bottom three. Three for three, three, five. Baby Yoda is like, go by number on the last race. This horse should air, right? Yeah. Because but look at the horse 69, at least on buyer 69, 79, 93, 114. Gotta imagine that buyer moves down, right? Uh, somewhat. And so, Friends Fire, okay, let's skip Friends Fire. Let's go to the following C, a horse who ran top number 100 buyer in that allowance win. Two, uh, you know, three back, I guess. I'm to the point thinking maybe this horse doesn't like, well, maybe he's just not very good. And frankly, maybe he doesn't like Lasix as well either because this horse has not ran well in two starts. Uh, well, I really three starts, but the last two starts, especially uh, on Lasix. And you say, well, yeah, he, he ran better last time out in the, in the Jerkins. Well, shit, he got beat by nine links. I get it. Jackie's Warrior Life is good. Incredible horses, but nine links. I mean, this horse was like one of the, he was so far back. You're like, who was that again? I don't even know who finished third. Mm-hmm. Friends Fire, to me, is the one It's like, I'm with you. That's who I picked. Because I'm like, you can lean on him because this horse is going to show up. And like, I feel like you have the experience factor going against Baby Yoda. You have the following C, just, I just freak, frankly doesn't have a ton of heart. It's like, isn't that great? Friends Fire is heart. He's all heart. Like, he's going to show up, and as soon as he starts biting one of these horses and get up close to him, they're going like, to say, fuck you. So I think, I think Friends Fire is, I think, he, like, he deserves to win this race. I think he's going to win here. Yeah. Oh, I, by the way, he's defending champion of this race, and he got second in it two years back to, can you guess who it was? Uh, Imperial Hint. 
Boom. There you yeah. go. So Imperial Hand, very good horse. I was in uh, in Norman, Oklahoma at the football game watching that one live. It was a hell of a race. So, very close race. Yeah, they well. battled. They battled. Forensic Fire did not want to let that horse win, but Imperial Hand just got the job done. I'm with you. I, I sunk my teeth on Forensic Fire because I, I don't know if I can trust Old Baby Yoda, and I don't know if Following C is really that good. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what it really came down to is that I, I, I'm with you. Like, I totally agree. I, I really wanted to pull the trigger on Following C because it's like, okay, you yep. can make the excuse of, well, now he's back to a distance. Now he's back to a class level. <laughs> but you just can't get there. <laughs> you savages. That's right. That would make I like it's it. it's the one of the best races of all time. I mean, frankly, that that that, that Friends Fire was involved yeah. in. Um, and we got to see it live. Yeah. It was unbelievable. All right, let's go to let's go back to Keelan on Saturday now. Race seven, Thoroughbred Club of America, the TCA Stakes, Grade Two, worth uh, 250k for Phillies and Mares, three olds and up, going six furlongs. This is a Breeders' Cup win and you're in event. For the Philly Amir Sprint. All right, let's look at this one. Field of six lines up here. Seven to five on your outside horse. Bell's the one. Frank's Rocket, the inside horse at five to two. Another at five to two horse. The four horse, Estilio Talienzo. Number six, Bell's the one, seven to five. Too short, or are you going to use? It's too short, but I'm going to use. How about that? <laughs> yes and yes and yes, I guess is the answer. Both. Kind of the same situation as the last race we talked about. I monkeyed around with a few of these other horses, but at the end, the end, Bell's the one is the old kind of war horse, so to speak, that you can just kind of rely on and know that she's going to show up and run a good race. Uh, you look at Frank's Rockette, I think she's kind of fallen off form. Her last two races have not been good at all. Even though she won one of them in Prairie Meadows, she didn't run very well. Uh, club car moving up in class, not quite sure. In the midst of biz, won this race last year, kind of looks like could be loose. I don't blame you for playing that horse at 10 to 1 uh, at all, but I don't I don't trust her. I've never trusted the four horse at all, and I think the five horse is outclassed. So that left me with a six. Bell's the one. It's it is too short. Um, it certainly is too short of a price, but I think she's the best horse in the race, plain and simple. Yeah. I don't like this race very much at all. I I, I, I agree with you. No. Frank Circuit seems to be falling off just a tad here. I mean, I don't love this horse. I never have really like totally loved this horse, but Bell's the one does seem to make a lot of sense here. You know, at this distance, five wins and six starts in one second. Um, this horse runs well every time. Uh, at this distance, six starts at Keelan, uh, two wins, a second and two thirds. So. It runs really well again at Keelan as well. It just kind of the way this pace a little sets up. I think you're going to have some very cheap speed that's going to be setting some. De you know, the three should go. Um, obviously, Frank's Rockets probably going to go before they place. Like I feel like there's going to be some cheap speed, and and the six it might go cruise by them, kind of like and make her look better than she really is. Um, I think this is what we're going to see. You know, you got to remember, this is a horse that kind of runs well in no matter what race it is, right? Like, it doesn't matter if it's a stakes, yeah. like a listed stakes, she might w barely win or she might win or lose by a head or whatever. Then you go back to the Breeders' Cup Philly Mare Sprint, she finishes third to Gamine Zaragoza Empress. Like, she's just that horse. Like, it kind of doesn't matter the Madison. She almost wins. You know, uh, she runs right there in every race so it kind of feels like she's going to show up and in a field that i don't necessarily feel extra strong about 
she's been working like a monster too. So I, I really think the six is going to be tough to beat here. I, a couple people are saying that they think the three does have a pace advantage. And again, like I said, I, I agree. It just comes down to me. It, it, if if they no. start to if they start to roll down the stretch and the six gets clear, I just don't think the three is going to be able to hold hold the six off. Uh, the talent level is is too different. Uh, I think the three is really going to have to get away from the six to, to hold hold her off. She I, she just is too. I mean, frankly, if you if you're going to you look too closely to her too early like lately you're gonna say well she's in the same category as these horses but you really look at what she's done you know you look i mean this horse was a, is a typical very grade one consistent you can see what they've done with this horse since uh derby city distaff where she got really hammered by gamine Wisconsin, and Estilia italian so they 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 tapped the brakes with her a little bit they said all right yeah. let's let's get her confidence back so then she goes and rattles off two wins really should have been three wins in a row um, but in smaller level stakes, and then here she shows up here again um, in a big stakes race at a track she likes, aiming for the Breeders' Cup. So I think it's a perfect setting uh, set up for her, and kind of the perfect into the race uh, that you'd want to see from a horse and the talent. Like as far, I just don't think the race is that good. So yep. I think she circles field number six, Bell's the one. Uh, we're not going to do the race prior, the Woodford. Of course, Woodford is one of our favorite names for any <laughs> race, but. Um, but again, the wagering guide is available right now. The Keeneland Turf Miles wagering guide. Go get it at racefoods.com. It covers the entire day of racing at Keeneland on Saturday, of course, including the Woodford, every race on the card, frankly, and including all these races we're talking about right now, including the next one, the race eight, the first lady stakes. It's a grade one worth 400K for Phillies and Mares, three and up going one mile on the turf. <clears throat> this is a Breeders' Cup win. Winning you're in for the Makers Mark Philly and Mare turf. All right, Halterman, Althika for Appleby. <laughs> you know, Appleby may not be, like, automatic overseas, like where he's from, but when he has a horse here, he is automatic. 7-2 on Althika, who's not lost over here, by the way. But it's not necessarily the easiest of fields. Large field. Field of 13 lines up for this one. She's very clearly the horse to beat, and it seems like they've had their sights on the Philly and Mare Turf all along. Do you are you rolling with her again, or do you think maybe a horse like Blowout can go on the lead and maybe run? You know, Brad's back aboard for Chad Brown, eight to one, a lot to like there. What do you think? Blowout's one I certainly would play because I do like the pace situation. But here's the deal: Althika's had been up against it from a pace situation the last two races, and you know, loose on the lead horses, and she still was able to win. So. I'm going to go with her here. Listen, if you want to take a shot against her in this spot, you got plenty of choices, and I'm not going to talk you off very many of them. This is a who's who of Phillies on the turf. They are all really, really good horses. But you know what? She beat a bunch of really, really good horses in the two races she's won in the United States, and she did it at two different racetracks as well. Um, to me, if the turf is playing way to speed, maybe the nine blowout goes gate to wire. But if the turf is playing fair at Keeneland, I think Altica is going to get it done again here, Jared. I, I I know this field's tough. I know 13 horses are in it. I just think she's better than this group. And I think she's proven it against two really, really stout fields uh, earlier in the year in New York. I think she's easily the one to beat. I mean, I'm not going to go as far as saying <clears throat> she's a single here because I do think this field is somewhat dangerous if she doesn't show up. But there's no reason to think that she won't. 
I, I, I mean, I'm with, like, I, I've tried to beat her. I think, I know I tried to beat her in just a game, and I, I think I probably tried to beat her in, no, I think I used her in the Diana. But point is, mm -hmm. like, you learn, I learned my lesson. Like, she's here, and it's like Appleby. It's like Appleby, and this time Spencer's here with her, or with him. So, I mean, I don't see, <laughs> I don't see how she, she gets beat. It, especially when this, I mean, you're talking, like, if you're going to try to beat her, it's it's in the Breeders' Cup, right? Because then you're going a mile and three-eighths on the Philly American Turf, and that's where a, a, maybe a, a, an area that she's not quite sure, uh, or, you know, as far as how far she wants to go. But a mile, well, shit, a mile puts her, you know, hits her right between the eyeballs. So, that, to me, she's going to be really tough. Now, having said that, I almost picked Blowout. Just, I, I think Pratt mm -hmm. back aboard, he rode this horse to a win and almost to a win on the first start. This, he rode the shit out of her. And I think he's gonna know the only way, way, shape and form you win this race is if you just go and blaze and hope that they can't catch you. How about her or the 10 Princess Grace, who by the way is coming in the race with four straight wins and frankly, is almost undefeated. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean it's it's really really good. I I almost think it's like shit. Blowout is so obvious on paper that she'll probably run up the track. You know what I mean by that? Like sometimes you see an obvious choice to the favorite, and you're like, oh yeah, and everybody will get on that horse, and that eight to one that you really like turns into like seven to two, four to one, and then she runs like shit. She's kind of a candidate for that for me, uh, but I still think. If you're going to beat Altica, the only way you're going to do it is get out ahead of her. And so there it is with that. So, yeah, and the 10 horse, shit. I, I, I may not even use that horse. And that horse, like says, almost undefeated. But there's just so many good, like Regal Glory, Glory for Chad Brown. That's a really nice horse. Daddy's a legend. Really nice horse. Hindi Woods running really well right now. I mean, you go up and down those. Harvey's Little Goyle. I think that horse could win. I'm not going to be shocked she wins at all. I think she she's, she's very competitive with this group. So... There's just a ton of options you can go here. And like I said at the beginning, I'm, I'm not going to talk you off very many of them. Uh, what, okay, so real quickly, we kind of skipped off to the last one. Uh, one of Mark, I think, had a comment. Um, yeah, if Bell's the one, wins impressively with her. We're going back to the last mm -hmm. race real quickly. Any chance against Gammy next out? Because I wanted to ask you about the race in itself moving forward. Uh, I'm looking for somebody to try to beat Gammy. So I hope she does win impressively. I... It's hard for me to say she has much of a chance at this point because we've seen her get beat by her a thousand times, or it feels like it anyway. I know it's not that many, but um, she wasn't competitive with her last year. I I don't know. Probably not. Okay, and then to this race, back to uh, the First Lady, Nick says, why are they cutting back only to go further in the Breeders' Cup? So what do you think of Althika here? Obviously, we both like her to win, seems like a very deserving favorite but if she wins is she kind of you you like all right that's i'm rolling that into the breeders cup she's the pick she can't lose applebee's red hot she's three for three in the united states or is it like okay now they're going further mind you she never went this far overseas even i mean a mile and eight's been the tip top that she's ever ran but she won so well, what do you think nick's question there I think it's a grade one at Keeneland and it's a prep and for the Breeders' Cup and they're just say, hey, why wouldn't we? Uh, as far as, you know, can she compete? Sure. I, I'm back and forth. I don't know if she can beat like a warlike goddess type or not. Um, I don't know about the distance either. <sighs> Got to be a top two or three contender here if she if she wins again, though, right? I mean, 
if not the top choice. Going to Vegas was very good last time out as well, or last week uh, for this race as well, and at Del Mar. I mean, I, I have a feeling she's going to kill that one. You know, I don't like that one that well. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I mean, didn't didn't do it for you. Warlike Goddess to me is the yeah, one that to beat there. Yeah, obviously, just real quick, a lot of people are, are like Nick said. Is there a chance that she could try like the the turf mile? What if she runs the turf mile? I mean. That would be interesting too, right? Because that race is fairly wide open at this point. Uh, we're going to talk about a race. It's an actual prep for that. Uh, Teppen won the first lady and then won the Breeders' Cup uh, Turf Mile. It, it wouldn't be the first time. That's possible. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I guess, yeah, I guess you could. I don't, I'm trying to remember this. I don't think that he's... That does Alvi doesn't have any Turf Mile horses right now, does he? Um, I don't think so, no. Yeah, I mean, obviously... Aiden's got Order of Australia, who we're going to talk about here in a little bit. But yeah, the point is, maybe that is, and you know, we'll see. And that's uh, <clears throat> yeah. The problem is, like, amount eighth hasn't amount even amount an eighth hasn't seemed to be an issue for. It's just she hasn't ran the distance yet. So it's just like I, it'd be a hard time right. to be like, well, unless he just completely feels she can't get a mile and three eighths. But I don't see, at least in my eyes, I haven't seen that anywhere saying or showing to me that she can't so i wouldn't i'd be surprised if they don't end up going that route assuming uh, another victory here but in this sequence a big field obviously a short field in the race prior you know the charity the turf mile you can even make cases for shorter point is this is one i feel like you're gonna need to survive this race and you know you got to get through this yep. race so go uh, as deep as you can here. Let's go to the next one. This is uh, race nine, the Claiborne Breeders for Charity, grade one with uh, 500K for two-year-olds going one sixteenth miles. Field of 13 in here, and it is a Breeders' Cup winner in, of course, for the TVG Juvenile. I mentioned in the opening, this is a race, you know, last year, Central Quality won this race. Uh, the year prior was Maxfield. The year prior was Nick's Go. I mean, again, Nick's Go had a, had a lull there that obviously has erupted uh since being with brad cox but point is those are three serious horses too especially being nick's go and essential quality your two favorites from the classic this year this is a very it's a stallion making kind of race it's a legit type of race and again we've been seeing some good two-year-olds we saw some great two-year-olds run last week at belmont and of course santa anita <clears throat> but what do you think I mean, you've got Double Thunder. Can he do it again for Todd Pletcher? Stellar Tap. I mean, I text you and you text me when the field was out, and I text you. I was like, Stellar Tap? Like, can you believe? Like, yeah, that same Stellar Tap. He just ran a couple weeks ago uh, in that same race that Double Thunder ran in, got smoked. Classic Causeway coming into this race is very interesting on the outside at 5 to 1. Halterman, lots of options. 13 horses, two year olds. What you got? This one, this one will, will age you as a handicapper. I mean, my God, <laughs> there's there's so many, there's so many little nuances with a lot of these horses. It's like, yeah, I could see this horse jump up and run really well. And then you go to the next one, it's like, damn, this horse has a pattern where he might jump really well. Go even to Stellar Top, mm -hmm. it's like, got his ass beat last time, but second time going long. And why is Aspusen just throwing this horse in here if he, just, if he doesn't think he can do it? It, it? It's a circle race, as I call it. You just go round and round and round and round. I went all the way to the outside, classic Causeway, five to one. I hate the post position, number one. I'll say that. But Awful. the horse does have early speed. Maybe Jose Ortiz can get him clear of a lot of these horses where he saves ground in the turn as much as possible. Obviously, he's not going to save ground. But 
he, maybe he's only three or four wide. I'm going. I'm going classic Cosway. This this horse to me was one of, if not the most impressive maiden special weight winner in the second half of that New York uh, or the Saratoga season up there in New York. Um, I think he's awfully good. And and I love that Jose Ortiz stays aboard here. We're going to need a great ride. And there's no question. We're going to need this horse to break well. There's no question about that. Um, he's hung way wide. That's going to be a problem. But I, I think he's going to get the job done here. I, I think he's awfully good. So stellar tap being in this race is a problem for a few reasons. One, I like the horse too much. And so my I want to pick him. Two is I think if there's any excuse you can come up with in the last one, it's like, they sh Santana should never have set off. Just should have kept going with the horse. Because as soon as the horse, like, he, he let, you know, he yeah. got the horse pulled back a little bit. The horse, you know, just didn't really run great. Um, I think this horse flies. Like, I think they, that, that there's a, like, he, he ran September 18th. He just ran in the Iroquois. And now here he shows up. It, he, he's very, had all the right to just say, okay. I think he's a great horse. I think he'll be a really good three-year-old. Let's take our time with Stellar Tap. Instead, he shows up here in this kind of race. So you got to take note of that. I think he flies. I think he causes an issue for anyone that wants to try to get to the lead. With that said, I'll be using him, by the way. I have to say that. I, I'm with you. Mm -hmm. I, I can't believe it. I went to the all the way outside <laughs> because, listen, Classic Causeway was awesome on debut at Saratoga. The numbers show it put up a 90 buyer that day and the biggest thing for me that kind of pushed me over the edge well there's two one terrible post position jose says board two the horse that he beat uh on that debut i yep i don't, don't know the name of it uh point is the horse came back to win and ran an 81 buyer in that winning effort this horse beat that horse that day by six links that horse came back to win and put up an 81 buyer Take a look, peruse around the field. 81 buyer wins this race, okay? So the point is, other than of course the 13, the point is, as good as Stellar Tap was on debut, 78 buyer. And again, buyers aren't everything, I get it. But there is some back class to go off of a horse, the 13 horse, who's only ran once. So I like the 13. The problem is you gotta get the start. You gotta break. You gotta, how much energy is it gonna take to get him from the 13 post into a position, especially when you've got to assume, at least for a lot of strides of this race, the 13 will be behind uh, Stellar Tap. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I just think the 13, as long as we can get over and not be six wide in that first turn, I, I, he's going to be awfully, awfully tough. He also has a pedigree that says we can stretch out and it's not going to be a problem. A lot of these do though. That's the thing. You're you're seeing some really nice pedigrees in the spot as well. So, um, listen. One more thing I want to bring up, and I, I I don't know if I told you this after the race or I just said it out loud to myself like a maniac and kept on going whatever I was doing. <laughs> but I agree with Nick Very Nick Feldman comments. Stellar Tat just looked like he had a horrible day last time he ran. I remember thinking to myself, he never for one second looked comfortable. He almost looked like he was tied up in knots when he was running. He, and then he, he kind of finally got into stride, but he was throwing his head around um, like he wanted to go. I agree, Nick. I, I thought Stellar Tap just looked like a mess the whole way around that track that day. He never looked in a position that he, like, especially, and I think part of it is that 
I think he wants to run, you know, like, and, and mm -hmm. once he kind of, when Santana, like, stopped him, and then, then he went, and then by the time he went, then he, he never looked comfortable, so... I think that's why you're gonna see he's gonna let him fly here, and and I think Steve's probably thinking, well, he didn't didn't run much in that race, right? So he might as well run him again. I guess another option is something happened, you know, he bled or or, or something. I don't know, yeah. he probably didn't bleed, but something happened maybe where he felt like, okay, let's give him another shot. How about this comment right here? No, night I agree with that. For, night racing for two-year-olds in a big field going two turns for the first time. This horse just may have been a, a lunatic in that race, you know, just may have lost his mind a little bit there. Well, By the no, way, this no matter horse, what, there's no out. You, he definitely learned something from the race. You know that. Yeah. This this horse is a tappet. Most of them are a little bit goofy. So could, definitely could be an issue. We'll see here. Got to use him, and he still has the right to, to run a huge race. And frankly, okay, so we saw Jack Christopher, who looked awesome uh, last week in the Champagne. Of course, we know the Corniche. We know what that's about it, it, out on the West Coast. He'll be dangerous, of course, for Bob Baffert. So what room is, it, what room is left, I guess, into the, the TBG uh, Juvenile? What room is left for there to be another horse? The winner of this race to jump in the mix and say okay they can compete as well i think there's room i think it can happen i i, I really believe we could see something pretty good here uh and it could jump into the to the picture um you know i'm not quite as confident in these two male horses that the, the big victors last weekend as i am of like echo zulu on the female side she just looks like a monster but those horses were obviously very very good uh, but listen, this race has produced so many nice juveniles over the years. I, I believe we still could see one come out of here and, and, and play a factor uh, at the Breeders' Cup. I, I, I think this race has a shot to produce something decent. I agree. I think this, it, it should, right? There's, there's plenty of horses. Yep. There are plenty of good trainers, good uh, horses in here. Um, I think no matter who wins, they're at least going to be a factor uh, on the... Uh, at the Breeders' Cup. All right, let's go to race 10, the next one up at Keelan. The Keelan Turf Mile, of course, the main event, grade one. We're 750K for three-year-olds and up and one mile on the turf. Again, this Breeders' Cup winning your event for the FanDuel Mile at the Breeders' Cup. Halterman filled another huge field here of 13. 92 on something like Hot Brown. 72 on Order of, Order of Australia. Of course, the horse that uh, won the Breeders' Cup last year. Uh, Pixley at 92. Avar. Uh, winner of this race last year at 5-1, to one, but very lightly raced since. Space Traveler at 6-1, to one, Tell Your Daddy at 8-1. to one. So it's a wide, it's a huge field, but how many, of the, how many of these horses have a legit shot to win? I don't think very many of them do, honestly. It was a, this one is a, was a huge field where I thought you could narrow it down to three or four. For the last race, I thought, well, there's the, you could make case for eight or nine of them. With this one, uh, like, isn't Order of Australia a little bit better horse coming over here this time than he was last time? I mean, I think he is. He's been running competitively in Group 1 races all year long, where last year when he came over here, he hadn't even really been in a Group 1. Um, I think Order of Australia is a better horse than he was this time last year. I think he comes over here and wins again. I, I, I would, I'm not going to sit here and say that this one was easy to get to or, like, up. Pretty quickly, I looked at this field and thought, well, shit, he should probably win here. Yeah, I mean, you got to remember his source. I mean, he 
he won the uh, the Breeders' Cup Mile uh, last year at Keeneland, of course, same track we're talking about here, at 73-1. to one. So, like you say, it wasn't like, I mean, this horse was coming into the race having, beat, get, had, <laughs> having got beat by 47 links in the race prior. You're right. I mean, he was awful, beyond awful. Well, he wasn't great after a, lot, a couple races after, but then the horse won a group two. Uh, then the horse, you know, Ran okay in a group one, the guitar, uh, the, the guitar Sussex Sakes. Um, got third in a group one. Came back last time out at Longchamp, finished second in a group one. So it's like he's obviously getting much, much better. He's coming to this race. John Velasquez jumps aboard here for Aiden O'Brien. Listen, there's a reason why he's here, right? They're, they're, they're prepping for the Breeders' Cup. The horse ran really well at this track when he came over here overseas. I, from overseas I, I'm with you I you kind of look and it's like I mean Ivar to me is the only other one that I liked that I that I want that I really want yep. to use and I, I had to make a decision because Ivar you know mile and eighth because make you know that's not maybe his game there comes back off of a layoff again hadn't been seen since the Breeders Cup very every right to improve from that I think Ivar is super dangerous I think I think it's those two I mean I just don't see a lot in here some like a hot brown hasn't been like he's been okay uh, I, I i'm playing against here i don't think he matches up with with some horses like it that are in here diamond oops no thanks um monarchs glenn no you know brown storm no pixelate no thanks i mean ivar to me i, I just I, I think you know space traveler might be someone to use um I, I could see yeah i could see I like that ran a really good wood by mile to finish second there to Tom Cruise, Town Cruise. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but still, like, I don't know. Like, Raging Bull sucks, and yeah, you beat him. But I, I don't know. Like, I, to me, it just, yeah. or Australia, that horse seems to be the one to beat. All right, Sunday, let's go back to Belmont Park. Race five for Charity Stakes, grade three, worth 150K for two-year-olds. Going six furlongs on the turf. This is a Breeders' Cup winner and event for the Juvenile Turf Sprint. Halterman, Field of Eight, lined up for this one. We don't have odds yet, given that it's Thursday night for Sunday racing. Don't have odds yet, but a couple fillies in here. Wesley Ward says, I don't care. I'll take a few. I'll bring a few fillies into this race. We're going to talk about Wesley Ward a few times here coming up. Chi-Town Lady, John Velasquez, Wesley Ward, and then the eight horse, Poppy Flower, Jose Ortiz, Wesley Ward. I, I don't know about you, two-year-old turf sprinters you're going somewhere wesley ward i know you are i went with chai town lady last time and, and and she didn't let me down i'll go right back to her we've seen this trend it started at belmont park uh in the meet uh oh, that have been the summer meet i guess it started there where john velasquez would always get on wesley ward's best he's on chai town lady here i'll kick off the sunday action with chai town lady in the spot yes sir me too. You didn't see it because you can't see me right now, but I was pumping the air because when you said Chi Town Lady, I'm like, that's that's my girl. <laughs> so yeah, I'm with you. She's undefeated. I love the fact that he's like, I don't care. Like, uh, I'll bring some boys in here. I, I like her more than I like Poppy Flower. And frankly, it just, I mean, Chi Town Lady's just been really good. You know, Chi Town Lady on debut was really good. Then on the second start in the Bolton Landing, missed the break and still came flying. Like, was really really strong i think this horse can do both i think she's so talented that she can go 
uh, be on the lead or off the lead. So I, I love the fact that he brings her in here. I'm with you. I went with number five, Chai Town Lady as well. Halterman, we're going to talk uh, four straight. No, I'm sorry, three of the four next four are going to be juvenile type races, turf, sprints, turf. So what, uh, in a division that you're very much still trying to figure out, how, I mean, how serious are you about if she wins here? Serious, I would say, because, I, again, I'm trying to find out who, who who's going to be here. I put one timer as the pickup. Oh, you're back. Look at this. You're moving. Oh, yeah. I, we can see it. Uh, I put one timer. <laughs> I put my clothes back on. Yeah, well, Ooh. thank God. So one timer uh, last week. I, I put that horse as the pick because the the win and the speakeasy. But, yeah, I'm going to take these these races uh, Sunday uh, very seriously because I just don't have a clue yet. Yeah, Nick asked, and that is like the concern, right? Chi-Town Lady, they, you know, do you have any concerns that – and we'll talk about this situation as far as track goes, but the, her turf win, you know, debuted on the dirt, comes back uh, on the turf, on a yielding turf surface, finally going to get a turf, fast turf, you would think. Any concern at all? No. Yeah, I don't need, I don't either. But I had to put it up. Um, I don't think there's any, I don't <laughs> think there's any concern as well because, like, she went from dirt to turf, whether, no matter what it was, yielding turf, and still ran really, really well. So I, I just... I mean, I don't necessarily, and, and you have. To, I mean, it's Wesley Ward. I mean, this guy. I mean, this is what he does. Well, I don't worry about shit I don't know. And if this horse had a bad race going on the on the firm turf, then yes, I would be worried. But you should make a quote for that. I don't know. I don't worry about <laughs> shit I don't know. Um, Nick. Yeah. Nick says. I don't worry about much. Nick says. <laughs> yeah, say your mind is free. Nick. Uh, Nick says. I think Avery Jane running at Keeneland this weekend is one to watch as well. Hey, what do you know? We're going to talk about that one right now. And that's a horse that I'm with you. Race 8, the Indian Summer Stakes at Keeneland on Sunday as well. 200K for two-year-olds going five and a half furlongs on the turf. Field of 10 lines up for this one again. No odds out still. Wesley Ward has some uh, fillies over at in New York. He also has some over here at Keeneland, including the seven horse, Averly Jane. Dude, I know. I'm almost positive you're picking this horse because I know you like her. I'm picking Averly Jane to win this race at Keeneland, yes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. I agree, and I am too, because <laughs> I like her as well. Now, I, I don't, I, yeah, I mean, this horse was an absolute monster in that in the last race. Uh, should get the job done here. I, I'm, I mean, I'm not too worried about it even. You know, I, I think this horse gets it done, and I think it's pretty easy. So here's my theory is you got two races, one at Belmont, one at Keeneland. Both are Breeders' Cup. Sorry, this was the Indian Summer was for a juvenile turf sprint as well. So both for the juvenile turf sprint, Wesley Ward obviously has multiple entries in each one. Averly Jane to me is like, he ain't, face, you know, if whoever's going to win that New York race, like he is, he's not not one to face against this horse, right? So Averly mm -hmm. Jane to me, this horse has been dominant. Now, they tried her on turf the last time out. It got rained off, went uh obviously it was you know went off of the turf or so they didn't run the turf so now the horse is dying turf for the first time is there any concern well there's a little bit of concern on that one because it is a surface but again i don't worry about shit that i don't know again first time turf with wesley ward 21 percent gaffion has ridden this horse the last two efforts so i mean he knows the horse you know, this horse is won by eight and three quarters three and a quarter and seven and a quarter and another thing leslie ward and a lot of other people are a lot smarter than i am so they try to get this horse on the turf last time now he's trying to do it again so he obviously thinks the horse can run on it i mean that's that's where i'm at with it 
And he obviously has a ton of other horses that he can run in these races. He has another one in her gear. So the fact that she's in tells me that he he believes this this horse can certainly run on the turf. So I'm not too worried about it. I don't know who it is. And I, Ava Jane Jeff certainly seems like a horse that it is, you know, she runs like she's been running on the dirt side is going to have her name thrown into the mix. But I feel like we're, we're still waiting for that. Well, we're not waiting. We, we know we don't have like the golden pal type of horse, but maybe one of these Wesley Ward horses jumps up at the last minute and says, okay, you can count on me. I'm going to run. I'm going to try mm -hmm. to run big. Right. I, I, I think, I think you're so right I, about that. Yeah. I think that we're, 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 we've been lacking it. Maybe at the final hour, we see some Wesley Ward love, um, for, uh, for one of these turf sprints it gives you something to go off of all right let's let's go to the distaff race nine the judnaut spinster grade one with 500k fillies and mares three-year-olds and up going one one eighth miles field of seven lines up for this one the four horse too many still believe this horse has horse of the year written all over her latruska latruska is going for gosh what is this latruska is looking to win what is this? Five in a row now for her, uh, including seven of the last eight. If she wins here, I believe, or she's won seven of the last eights, or will win five, seven of the last eight. Latruska, Crystal Ensign, Florida Lease, Ogden Phipps, Apple Blossom. She's been dominant all year. Irad Ortiz. She seems like the speed of speed. Like it definitely seems like as close as we can come to like a a workout type of uh, of race. Do you think she has any competition here? Man, I really want to pick against her. I really, really do, but I just don't see a horse that can beat her with this pace setup. I mean, it, it just looks like she's so the lone speed. She should get a much better or no. much easier trip, I should say, than what she got last time out. It's a smaller field as well. I think they're running for second. I'm going to go Latruska. I still want to beat this horse at the Breeders' Cup, but I don't think it's going to happen here. I think she gets the job done, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's fairly easy. Yeah, you know, you look at... <sighs> You know, you look at, uh, gosh, the personal incident, she, you know, she was awesome, but, you know, she, she ran fast, um, early on. And then you look yeah. at, you know, some of these races, she's always on early, but it's like the Bonnie Souths and the Evitant and, you know, in this case, you've got Dunbar Road. Um, it's just Crystal Ball, I guess, is a little more forwardly placed, but those other ones, it's like, they kind of feel like the horses are going to be coming up late. Like, they're not going to keep up with her early on. We know this. And then one of them will make a little bit of a run for it, you know. But she just seems like, I mean, her getting beat here would be hard to believe. Now, she's 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 rattled off four straight bullets, including uh, two really good bullets last time out. Well, last time I was going five furlongs. You're going to try to be, we're going to have a conversation about this, uh, Come Breeders' Cup, because I mean, I get it. We're going to try to beat her. I'm with you. I'm on the bandwagon, but we're going to have, I don't know what horse we're going to get to beat her. That's my problem. That's the problem. Exactly. Dunbar Road was a horse I almost picked here, but it's like, you stupid idiot. If Dunbar Road could not <laughs> beat this horse last time out with that setup and the way she turned for home and it looked like the Dunbar Road was going to go right by her, how in the holy ass hell is she going to beat her here? <laughs> I said that would be a that's a that's a play that the that people on Twitter would do that think they're real smart, you know, and they'll and they mm -hmm. bet Dunbar Road for three years now and that got no wins, you know. And I'll try her again. I, I just don't think Dunbar Road is good enough. 
I mean, Bonnie South would be the ultimate win here because she almost, well, almost beat her. She ran a great, great race last time. Um, give her that. Yeah. Like, way better than she usually runs. Um, yeah, and, you know, Nick, Nick's made a couple of comments here. You know, uh, this has been a very, very, you know, Spencer's a very good race. And he's right. You know, yeah. Baylands came out of this race last year, ran a really good second to Monomoy Girl. Blue Prize won this race, you know, won this race, won the uh, Distaff uh, in an mm-hmm. upset. I believe that was... What year was that? That was like two years. She won. She won the race two years in a row. But she, which one? Did, which was it? Eighteen or nineteen? She won. I think it was eighteen that she won. Eh. I don't I know. Someone remember. can comment on that. But she, she won the uh, went on to win the distaff the same year as well. So yes, it is a productive race. Uh, I agree. Yep. I'm a chatterbox. I believe won this race one year, and I don't know if that was the same year. Did she she win. I don't remember. I don't think Chatter Chatterbox. I don't think she won at the Breeders' Cup. Did, did she, she not? She didn't. Um, yeah, it was nineteen that uh, nineteen that Blue Prize well, the last year of her, I guess her last career. Uh, she won this race, and then she went on to win, of course. Uh, and yeah, I'm a Chatterbox. Did not. She finished fifth the year, same year she finished first in the Spinster. So, point is, it's a very. I mean, Latruska. Now, let me ask you this, because. When I put out, I think I put them out on Twitter uh, last week or earlier this week. I don't remember. And about horse of the year and how the classic, you know, we're going to have all these horses going run for the the horse of the year and the classic. Some people are like, Latruska, what about Latruska? So if Latruska wins here, she'd have to win here, obviously, and then wins the distaff. Is there any case? I mean, I I guess if the four horses, one of the top four horses, like say if, if, if Max Player wins the dist or the classic and and Latruska wins here and wins the distaff, can she be horse of the year? No, I don't think so. Even if Max Player wins, I don't think she can. I think it would take a win in the classic. Now, if she won the classic, yes, I think she'd be a shoe in. But I think for a female to win horse of the year, most of the time, uh, you got to beat the males at least once. Okay, so I kind of set you up. So. If that's the case, she wins here, and you know you have one race, one race left. That's it, one race, and you are the horse of the year. Because if you win this race and you win the classic against the field that we have in there, then there's like you say, there's no debate. She. So do you run her in the classic? The problem, I get the argument. I don't think it would be terrible to do it. The problem is she's never won a Breeders' Cup race. So I, if it, she was mine, I would go to the distaff and try to get that Breeders' Cup win. If it was a Monomoy-type mm-hmm. situation where we've been there, done that at the Breeders' Cup, then I would try it. But with, with Latruska, you know what? We're, we're not big owners here. These, these people are not like, this is not the high-profile guys or gals. Um, right. I think the more conservative approach, I think the more logical approach Let's try to go win a Breeders' Cup race. That's still a very, very big deal to win a race like the Distaff. I would go there. I agree. I mean, this like, you know, like this horse was, what this horse has been able to do has been awesome. You know, it's not like if, like you say, mm-hmm. if it's a Monomoy, replace her with Monomoy. What and you know what I mean? Like then you're like you're going to you're going yeah. into this race to say, hey, it's the Ross race. You might as well run the Classic. You've already won the Distaff like ten times. You might as well try to run and win in the Classic. That's what I, but with her, I yeah. get it. Like, it's still, and you could still argue. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I do tend to agree. 
but you could still argue you still have a shot at horse of the year if you win the distaff assuming what what could yep. go crazy in the classic it'd have to but again you would still have a shot you could go you, you could you could go rattle off a big streak or whatever and i think to me i would do that and if i'm an owner and i'm different from a lot of people because i'm too close to racing i don't give a one fuck about winning horse of the year not e even a little bit would i care about winning horse of the year or any eclipse award of that uh, uh, for that matter <laughs> I don't think I think you would care. No, I think you would. I think you just you just you're just a mean fan right now. No, I I just I know what I know what those can constitute, and I don't think they're I think they're meaningless. So I don't and care. <laughs> as well as who votes for them. All right, let's yeah. go to the final race that we're going to talk about. Race ten on Sunday at Keeneland, the Castle and Key Bourbon Stakes, Grade Two. 200k for two-year-olds going one, one and one sixteenth miles on the turf of Breeders' Cup when you're in for the juvenile turf. I know you've got your eye on a horse already, so I'm not going to ask you yet of what you think of this field as far as moving forward, but field of 14 with two also eligibles as well. So it's a massive field, wide open. I don't even know where to start with this one because not only the horses that have so much to prove, they're two-year-olds lightly raced going distance in the on the turf. You just, like, I have no idea where you even go. Like, how... Is there anyone that stands out for you? Obviously, Heaven Street is very interesting. Uh, it's a lot in here that you don't. Red Danger is interesting for Lynch. I mean, but again, like you, you almost want if you're gonna, you want to be able to survive and get into this race and just have so many options. This is this is a mess. This race is a complete mess. Uh, I haven't looked at the other races around it uh, too much as far as uh, uh, you know multi races. I certainly Lynch is probably going to be the single in the sequence. But I haven't looked at the, the the other race before the stakes. Anyway, that's a different subject. But here, yeah, I got to go really deep. What about the 13 Lucky Boss? That's who I ended up landing on, and I kind of hate myself for it. I thought it was interesting, though, that McPeak gets Irad to ride here. I, I thought that kind of jumped off the page at me. Uh, McPeak tried to get this horse on the turf two races back. It got rained off, but, but then the horse still wins on the dirt. Last time out, they, they move it up to a, uh, a stakes race there at Ellis uh, on the dirt, gets second. But I really think the horse needs two turns. Um, and I I don't know. I think the horse might need the turf uh, based on what McPeak tried to do. Uh, I'll give this horse a shot. I thought picking up Irod Ortiz and the fact that I think this horse might be double-digit odds in a completely wide-open race, I, I, I will give the 13 lucky boss a shot here. What's really sad about this race is you know, you know how hard it is, is that you and I both in a very deep field went with McPeak, uh, McPeak horse and we went with different McPeak horses. Different ones. So that's yeah. how you know it's that kind of field. I went with the horse just yeah. to, just to uh, his inside, the uh, the 12 horse, Tiz the Bomb. You know, the horse that really looked really good on the turf, on debut, debut turf at Kentucky Downs last time out. This is a horse that's a big-time purchase, 330K purchase for Phoenix Thoroughbred, sired by Hit It A Bomb, who, by the way, won the Juvenile Turf. Uh, so, you know, this is a horse, obviously, that's got expectations. And and I think in this situation, you're talking about a horse that Hernandez, Brian Hernandez literally rode every race that either one of these horses have ever ran in. So, you know, and he's, he's he rides for, for McPeak all the time. So he picked which horse he was going to ride, is the bomb now granted you're right i read ortiz is shit that's the hell of a uh, a prize for not you know for the horse he didn't pick right i, I mean if not yeah. if anything else might be an addition so 
I'm with you, but I do think tis the bomb. But to your point, tis the bomb is probably gonna be like half the price. It's lucky boss. So uh, it'll be. It'll just, I'm gonna put it like a. I'm gonna put just a, a just a notif like just notify something here. Uh, if if this horse is like hammered, do not. I do not play. I have. A, I do not play my peak at a low price. So. I just refuse to do it. I don't do it. It's just something I live by. I don't do it. So if this horse is hammered, forget it. I'd rather play Lucky Boss. So I, I don't have odds. So I can't play. I don't know what the odds will be. But if Tis the Bomb is somewhat of a price, which I doubt will be, play Lucky Boss maybe. Yeah, I'm with you. That's why I picked Lucky Boss. I think it'll be the higher price McPeak. So <laughs> now you don't. I'm sure you don't. I mean, you love Annapolis, right? Yeah, I mean, as far as this race producing like a Breeders' Cup horse. Hard to believe. It is. I don't think that that race is just like a slam dunk for anybody, even though I do like Annapolis and I still have that horse on top for that race right now. I, it could go. I, I mean, it, it would be a shock if somebody really jumped up and ran. Well, these horses don't look very good to me on paper, but it's very early. A lot of them, uh, you know, we, we don't quite know exactly what they are yet. So we'll see. But. I, I'm not like chomping at the bit to watch this race on Sunday. <laughs> no, it's in, <laughs> like it's gonna be like okay, you know, Latruska ran, she won. Okay, well, I'll turn it off. I'll, I'll just see who won that race later. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I don't need to know. All right, so that's a wrap. All eleven Breeders' Cup races uh, on uh, on Sunday. Now the final one is going to be on Wednesday, October thirteenth. Juvenile Phillies Turf, the Chase, the Jessamine. Um, so, really, this is it. After that, it's a, it's game on. It's all hands on deck. Breeders' Cup is the next big one. We're a month away. We're less than a month away. Actually, it's the 5th and 6th of November. So, we are less than a month away to the Breeders' Cup. The final weekend of preps. Here they are. <laughs> it's all done. We have checked out at RacingDudes.com for our free picks and our premium selections on our products page. Click the Get Racing Dudes Premium button at the menu at RacingDudes.com to learn more. Remember, go get that all-inclusive 10-page wagering guide to the 2021 Keeneland Turf Mile on October 9th. That's, of course, this Saturday at Keeneland. Features in-depth analysis of all five stakes on the card, four of which are crucial Breeders' Cup winning events. For the Breeders' Cup World Championships, we just got done talking about those. Get more information on how exactly Halterman, how we're going to play these on the uh, on the day. The entire card, you can tell, the, the entire card is unbelievable, top to bottom. Make sure you check that out. Please race by race analysis, bag suggestions, and multi-race plays for the entire card. And now is the perfect time to subscribe. Subscribe to Racing Dudes Premium. Any of our, you get, say you subscribe for a monthly pass, $70 gets you premium picks for the month, everything you want for $70. You get this wagering guide, and you get the, uh, the Breeders' Cup wagering guide for free. Because if you are an active subscriber, you get those guides completely free. So one is 40, one is 30. What's that equals 70? You're getting two guides. What you would normally spend just by two guides, you're getting a whole month of picks as well. So plenty of time to pad that bankroll in the month leading up to the Breeders' Cup. RacingNews.com is your destination site for all free horse racing picks. And, of course, free sports picks. We're on Twitter at Racing underscore Dudes, Instagram and Facebook. Listen to some, uh, well, I forgot. I changed all that because Magic got on to me because he's like, oh, you're not on SoundCloud anymore. I'm like, well, shit, you're right. And then Paul got jumped on my ass about it last time. About oh, you gotta you gotta find a new editor if you guys can't get it right. So, you know, we are on all these different, you know, we're on uh 
the podcast page at racingnews.com. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Google Podcasts. We're on Amazon Music. We're on Stitcher. We're on Captivate. We're on all of them. Wherever you want to listen to your freaking podcast, we're on it. Halterman, final thoughts. OU Texas. What are your what's your thoughts on the weekend of sports? Yeah, I went Texas plus the three. Uh, I think it'll be a close game. I can see it going either way. I, a lot of a lot of mystery with both teams. I think it'll be a good one. I am going to take the Longhorns plus the three uh, there. I think it's a good weekend for sports uh, as well. I, I think I think Auburn plus 15 and a half over Georgia. I like that as well. I think Auburn will keep it a little bit closer with the game being in Auburn. But it's going to be a big weekend. Obviously, uh, the OU game means a lot to me. Uh, you can listen to Dudes Who Bet Sports. We talk about uh, it and a lot, lot more on that show. By the way, Papa Dude and I both believe Kansas City will win by double digits Sunday night against the Bills, Jared. So there's that. I think you guys maybe were high or you were drinking <laughs> during the – I think that's an awful pick. You you're, you think the Bills will beat them? I don't know they'll beat them, but a double digit? The Chiefs have – they barely – they've won like one – they've won one game by like more than six in like a year and a half. I mean, I, I just don't yeah. think they're going to get – I think this game is going to be close. I, their their defense is so atrocious, but Bills can run on them. Bills. I mean, I just feel like the, the possessions will make it to where this game is going to be somewhat close. Now, what's the line? I think it's like two and a half or three something. Chiefs, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, two and a half is where it's. At. It depends on what you get. Um, if it's two and a half, I take the Chiefs to cover minus two and a half. I think. But you guys think they're going to win by double digits? I hope you're right, but shit, man, I think that's dicey. We just feel like Sunday night, Arrowhead Stadium, the Chiefs turned the ball over four times against the Chargers for zero turnovers for the Chargers, or they would be three and one. And the Chargers are a pretty darn good team. Uh, and you still turn it over four times, and they don't turn it over at all, and you still could have beat them. As long as the turnover margin is similar in this game, we think the Chiefs are going to flex their muscle. Well, I mean, if all... If you want to go if ands and buts i mean chiefs should, could be hit four no very very easily so i mean that's the case but still i mean that's that's also the case right they they find ways to <laughs> to not to not play well i feel like so i i just bet you if the, if the turnover margin is equal you're very happy sunday i think the chiefs will have to help the bills for the bills to win the game no i agree i i if they if they can play you know, being at Arrowhead Sunday night, prime time. I mean, hell, you and I were together the last time that they uh, they did that um, in the AFC Championship last yeah. year, and, and they completely dominated the Bills. Now, granted, different circumstances, different team, but yeah, yeah I, I mean, I agree. I understand your logic. I hope if they do win di- by double digits, they they are a. I mean, they they shut up everybody. Um, frankly, yeah. because the Bills to a lot of well, people are the number one team in football. The good news is, as long as you think the Chiefs are going to win, they're a very safe bet at the minus two and a half. It's not very likely they win by one or two, right? So, right, right. That, that was another a, field, thing. a field goal. A field goal. If it's if you can get minus two and a half, I mean, to me, even a last second field goal, you cover. Yeah, exactly. So I, I feel pretty good about them covering. Maybe they don't do double digits. I think they're going to win, and I think if they win, they cover. So. Um, yeah. The one thing I do know is that it do- I don't care. It doesn't matter. You ain't stopping the offense. Like, I don't care how good you think the Bills' defense is. And, th- like, that's that's r- irrelevant to me. Like, the, the Chiefs' offense, we've, we've proven, no matter how good the defense we play, like, we're going to find ways to score other than the Super Bowl. <clears throat> uh, you're you're going to have – 
it's the defense. The defense is clearly the Achilles heel on on, on the team right now. But uh, no, hell of a Sunday night game. Hell of a, the the, the uh, NFL schedule is really good. Some good games this weekend. Uh, hopefully Baker can find a way to make a pass um, to Odell one at least one time would be great. Um, would be. But hey, he's tor- he's played the torn labrum, so I mean that that must be the reason. So we'll see. That's the thing. Like Ricky was going on this tangent about I hate when they say a guy's hurt and then he plays bad after two weeks and that guy's hurt. Well, it's like, number one, Ricky, if a guy is hurt, they're not going to say it. Like they want to keep that private. And number two, Mayfield said, it's not an excuse. Yeah. It's a, you know, he's hurt, but it's not any excuse whatsoever. I, that was like, he just kept going on and on about it. I'm like, what do you, why do you care about this? Like, the Browns said it's not a big deal. Mayfield says it's not a big deal. The world doesn't revolve around you knowing why a player is not playing well or not. Like, why do I'm talking about this? I'm with you. I, I don't care about if he's hurt or not. He's playing like shit. And if you're hurt so bad that you're missing throws that he's missing, get out of the game. And, and that's, yeah. I don't give a damn if it's my favorite football player or not. If you're playing like that, get out of the game. It was re- he was He was, he was really awful. bad really yeah. bad last week really bad just missing some i mean missed that what was it probably a 60 yard touchdown to to odell yeah. late in that game it would have sealed the game right there um yeah. Yeah. all right game's on we got to watch uh some seattle uh yep. la rams going on right now at seattle so it'll be a hell of a game good thursday night games been lately so all right uh go check out the magic mike show they did the late pick four at keeneland on saturday as well so you want more information about how we how they played that keeneland late pick four Go tune into the Magic Mike Show. You can check them out, of course, on all those same podcast platforms. And if you want more sports picks, uh, due to bet sports, look those up as well on all the same platforms. All right, Halterman, I'm Jared Welch. He's Aaron Halterman. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. <laughs> like when I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous.